0: Hello to all. Our wedding planning couples. I'm Tara, and welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning podcast. I'm excited to share my creativity and 14 years experience as a professional wedding planner and decorator.
1: And I'm Josh, and we're so happy you're joining us for some solid, down-to-earth wedding planning advice that I've accumulated over my 18 years in the industry. We believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services.
0: Visit us at CompleteWeDo.com for more information.
1: Happy Wedding Planning Month. Places like The Knot and many others within the wedding industry dub March National Wedding Planning Month, with The Knot going as far as even calling March 1st National Wedding Planning Day. So why March? Well, statistically, most couples pick the holidays to do things like pop the question and just be blissfully in love. March is when reality starts to hit. Many couples choose this time frame to get to work planning their big day. Planning a wedding is very much an eating the dinosaur situation and the process looks quite overwhelming at first, but fear not. Tara, our planning guru is here with the eight steps to effectively and efficiently planning a wedding. So take it away.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. And I wish that I could say that it's Eight easy steps that you can just write on a piece of paper and make a few phone calls, make a few decisions and cross them off the list. But there are definitely some of these steps that are going to be a little bit more intricate in those details and decision making um, that may be a little bit stressful. But I think if they do definitely take these steps one at a time and focus on one at a time, it would definitely make for a healthier wedding planning journey. So first off, I would say is setting your budget. I know that I speak to a lot of clients and they come in to me several months into planning their wedding day and I ask them that great question. What is your budget? And I often get a few deer in the headlight looks. Um, I get some conflicting answers from uh, both parties. Um, And then I get definitely some that are very set in stone. We know that we have this much to spend and that's it. Um, And so I think that that is a very fluid thing um, there in the beginning stages of planning, but it definitely is needs to be the first step that you really sit down with those decision makers that are going to be contributing to that budget and figure out exactly how much do you need to start at for a budget.
1: Yes, we actually did a uh, five-part series. Uh, It's in the teens. It's either uh, episode fourteen or fifteen that it starts, but we we made that the actual first move. It's establishing what that pool of money looks like, and you know, getting all the uh, the questions answered. Like, are we willing to go into debt for this? Are we willing to use credit cards? Are we trying to do everything by cash? Um, But yeah, that's that's the most important thing. I mean, of the three couples you mentioned, the one that says here's the set finite amount, um, you can actually work with that because that's a foundational place to go from. So um, are definitely looking to bring in some uh, fresh content on this one. But there is uh, something there. And it goes all the way through the point of big purchases together, like, uh, you know, buying a house, having life insurance and the other not fun uh, topics like that. But, um, you know, money is going to be a center of your marriage. And now's a good time to start.
0: Absolutely. And when you have that budget talk, I encourage you, no matter where you are, there is a Google resource for you that tells you the average wedding in your state or even all the way to your city. Um, So for me here in Manhattan, Kansas, they say that the average wedding is about $27,000. And I would say that a good chunk of our clients come in with a 20 to $40,000 budget. And there are definitely some that spend more than that. And so figure out what your budget is. And then I would highly encourage you to figure out how much wiggle room do you have, because it is very rare that a wedding budget is very, you know, set in stone um, and doesn't have wiggle room. Um, There are definitely things that will come up. And so figure out that budget and where you want to spend the majority of your money, meaning come up with your top priorities of what is most important to you. So you can really maximize your budget. But yeah, like you said, we're going to dive into this topic a little bit more uh, later on in a few episodes, so stay tuned for that. So second on that to-do list would be creating your guest list. Um, And creating your guest list does not mean that you have to know everybody's address. You don't even have to know necessarily their kids' names. I just would encourage you to write down everybody that you plan to invite as a couple, And then if you are allowing your parents to invite people as well, have them do their guest list as well, compare the two, because you may have some, you know, cross names on there and come up with this overall guest list that is everybody and the number of people that would come with that invitation. And so, for example, my husband and I have three kids, so we are a family of five. And so on my guest list, I'm going to write the grubs or Ted and Tara, and then however many People I think are going to be coming from that family and so if I'm allowing kids then I'm going to assume that they could potentially bring their kids and I'm going to put five next to their name. And then from there that's going to come let's say that's a guest list of 300 people. You then need to plan on 75 to 80% of those people actually attending. And that's the number that will help you make a lot of your other decisions such as how far can you stretch that budget on your food costs. What type of venue do you need? Um, How elaborate can you get on decor? Um, Do you need some extra vendors based on the number of guest counts, such as, you know, servers versus just a, you know, people going through the buffet kind of thing. And so you really need to have a good idea of how many people you're going to invite before you move on to the next steps. Yep. again, Absolutely. we'll dive into Absolutely. on who should be on the list. And there's a, there's a few previous episodes that we've done about that guest list as well. Um, so encourage our listeners to go back to those too.
1: So just, just to make sure that we're on the same page here, you've got eight steps and this is the order you suggest to do these in as well. Correct. Perfect. So set your money, then set your guest list, which is going to be where you're determining some of your big spends, high ticket items, such as food. You'll spend a lot of money on food just know that. Yep. So what's step 3?
0: <laughs> step 3. I think step 3 is figuring out what date. And it may not be that you know that it's exactly October 7th, 2024. Um but make sure that you know that if you want an October wedding that you're open to every weekend in October or if you're like us, we deal with a lot of the K state schedule and people only want to get married on the away game weekends and so figure out as best as you can, narrowing down what month, and even if you possibly can, what actual day you want to get married, and then decide if that's a deal breaker, if your venue is not available. There's a lot of people that choose venues, uh, you know, before they set their date, because they just want that venue, and they don't care what date, but then I have a select few, they're like, nope, we really want it to be October 7th, and if it can't be this year, we're going to move to next year, October 7th, because that date is, you know, special to them, and so really figure out what that date looks like. Um, And you can compare that sometimes with your guest list because you've a lot of -of out-of-towners, you know, planning it around the not peak traveling times is going to help with some of those costs as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and so I would, I would take that a step, uh, you know, further on the foundational side of things. Um, Think about have the question with your fiance and think about if you're gonna be tied to one specific date or if you're looking at a kind of time frame, a month, or if you don't care. I would say before you start getting too deep into this process, figure out who does and doesn't have opinions over certain things like that, because you don't want to be standing and you know kind of squabbling when you're when you're doing a venue tour and you feel like you walked into the place and you've got a decision: Are we doing this this year? and Uh, having a little flexibility on the date or putting this off a year because I mean, that's a that's a major decision. And you don't want to find out in that moment that uh, you two are not aligned on how important that specific date is. So yeah. All right. What do we got next?
0: Next, I would say selecting your bridal party. Um, And I put bridal party above some of the venue and vendors just because sometimes that can eat away into your budget if you are thinking that you're going to provide things for your bridal party. I think it also sometimes goes into play with the type of venue you're choosing based on if you have any specifics of what you want out of your bridal party. Um, I also think that um, knowing who your bridal party is can definitely contribute to what that specific date is. Um, And if you know that your best friend who's supposed to be your maid of honor is doing a study abroad this summer, you know, you probably don't want to plan a summer wedding. And so I think definitely that should be at the top of the list. And I think a I think that's an easy thing sometimes to check off of your to-do list. So put it at the top so you can easily get that out of the way and start making some other bigger decisions. Now, obviously, if you have 12 best friends and you got to narrow it down to four, it may not be as easy of a decision as I'm saying. Um, So give yourself some time um, to figure out what that looks like for you
1: yeah uh, definitely a lot of stuff to dig into on that one just uh seeing what the chatter on social channels looks like um there's there's things like conflict management there's how you go about doing the ask and you know of course the stuff that you mentioned um do you pay for tuxes and dresses and so forth or or not so uh definitely that'll be a good one uh that I think will hit a lot of points that are pretty top of mind on on a couple's minds at this point so we've gotten through half the list budget guest list date and bridal party Uh, Where do you go next?
0: Next are those ones that I would say are a little bit harder to make some decisions on and definitely have a little bit more intricate details. Um, I think this is where you start making those major, major decisions, such as first on the list is choosing a venue. Um, I highly encourage you to have a venue set before some of your vendors, um, except for a wedding planner. I think a wedding planner can be a vendor that's chosen before your venue, um, so that they can help you in selecting the best venue. But I often see that clients already have their their kind of heart set on a venue before even you know choosing any of their vendors, and so figuring out um, you know what venues can um, you afford, what venues will your guest list fit in. Uh, what venues have the date you are wanting, um, and/or a close date um, that you're willing to look into, um, and what venues have the things that you absolutely want to see on your wedding day? Is that a venue that allows um, your ceremony and reception both on site, indoor, outdoor options? Do they do they provide? on-site catering and alcohol or any other type of um, vendors that are already in-house. And so really kind of diving into exactly what your must-haves are on a venue um, and then starting that search. Um, That can, again, be a daunting task depending on how many you have in your area that you want to go view, Um, but do your research online, visit as many as you possibly can. Um, I think it is one of those things like when buying a house that sometimes you can definitely walk into a venue and really envision your wedding day being there, just like you would envision yourself living in a house that you're going to buy. And so it is a, it's a big decision to make. Um, Don't take it lightly. Um, Do some time, do some research.
1: Yeah, the venue, uh, just no, uh, no hyperbole here. The venue is your anchor. You know, the second that you have that you've anchored your date, you've anchored your location, you've anchored all of that stuff. So look at it that way; it's got that kind of gravity. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a little bit of an audible on here. I I think that venue can be number five, but you can call it a venue and then planner day of coordinator because uh, a lot of venues will have what they call a day of coordinator. Some don't, but so this is the period of time where you need to start making decisions on what level of uh, planning you're personally going to be doing what you're hiring for and so if if you're dead set that you want to have a planner that's definitely a a great way to go i would probably bring them in um, right around the venue part if uh you know not before and if you're you know planning on picking a venue that has a good day of coordinator that you think you can work with and then diy some of the other i mean you're making a decision based on who's going to be your planner and schedule keeper for the vast majority of the day. So I, I, I'm going to kind of lump those together. And this is the time where you're, you're picking who's going to be your planner slash coordinator. And, you know, by all means, make sure that you have somebody and you're not putting it 100% on yourself. Um, you, yeah, you, you will need help that day.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, I would go as far as saying if you are definitely somebody that feels like you need more of a full service wedding planner, somebody holding your hand through all of these steps, then obviously hiring that wedding planner is first on your list because they are going to help you so much with that budget um, establishment and figuring out where you put the most money and, and how much you have to spend on things and realistically giving you ideas of how much things are going to cost in the industry. Um, And can then obviously help you with creating your guest list and setting your date and choosing your bridal party by coming up with those, those ideas. So. So, yes, definitely. If you are somebody that needs more hands on help make hiring a wedding planner your absolute first thing you do after getting engaged.
1: Absolutely. But so we're we're through number five on the list. And at this point we have anchored the date. We're not moving it. We know what we're building towards. So what's number six on the list?
0: Number six is the choosing your vendors. Um, This is, although I'm lumping this all into one set thing, this is where I see that a lot of people do get overwhelmed with making all of those phone calls and email requests to get information. Um, and they, you know, talk to six different DJs and they, you know, have to figure out what is best and stuff like that, which again is why we have you set your budget first because that sometimes can narrow down some of those people. Um, and so, I think that it should be broken down into subcategories on those vendors, meaning get your major players first and focus on those for a couple months and then move on to your next set of vendors. And so major players are typically a wedding planner your photography video team, so your your media team, um, your entertainment. Um, and again, we've already talked about the venue, so that's not why I'm putting this in there. Um, and so those are your, your major players that are going to take a good chunk of your budget, as well as are going to spend the most amount of time with you on your day and have the most details to figure out.
1: And this is all the list that you gave is assuming that the venue you pick is also doing food, because if not your caterer, is the other uh, vendor that you're going to have to have. And I would, I would almost argue that aside from your coordinator planner, that that's the most important thing to figure out because you are going to have to feed people and that will, will chew up money. So uh, yes, yeah, there. I typically,
0: yeah, I typically say photo, video, entertainment, and then catering. Um, just because again, for budget reasons, you definitely want to have, um, you know, a good idea. Um, but yes, if your venue is not providing your catering um, that usually is one of your major players some of those that are a little bit down on the trickle list would be your your florist your cake hair and makeup transportation hotel room blocks rentals um, of decor and stuff like that are going to fall into more of those can wait later in the game of your planning process. Um, but yes, if food is the most important thing to you put that before your photo video entertainment. Um, if The decor is the most important then move that up on the list and so you really got to figure out what your top priorities are when choosing your vendors Um, and then you know again break that down and focus on one vendor a month like don't feel like you have to get All three of those major players, you know, in the first month of planning your wedding, use the first month to get what's most important to you the next month, second, and then the next month, third, Um, but I say within four months of, you know, setting your date, you should have all those major players booked.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And, um, you know, you mentioned your priorities, we've we preached uh, constantly throughout about every episode that we've done, uh, think of your top three to five, and then put your focus on that. Um, you know, one more decision that I'll throw out when you're talking about catering, yet, this is the time that you need to be making the decision on the uh, beverage situation, are you doing a full open bar? Uh, what's what's going to be included in that or, or not? So I mean, that's the the time to think about those things. And then, um, you know, start working through your your vendor list.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Cool. All right. So uh, number seven, where, where are we at there?
0: Yeah. Um, so number seven, I call details. Again, this is this is a lot to take in depending on how intricate your, your wedding day is going to look like. If you are going for the most simple wedding day, then this may not be a daunting task. If you want to wow everyone, um, then those details are definitely going to take you a little bit more time. And when I say details, I'm not just talking about your centerpieces. Those are obviously something you're going to talk, you're going to decide in this stage of planning, but I'm talking about the actual menu. And are you doing appetizers? Are you doing a plated meal? Are you doing a buffet? That is a detail and not necessarily securing a vendor. Um, And so you can secure your vendors nine months before your wedding day, but not decide on the details until four to six months out. And so that's why I separate these. Um, in the planning stages and so details also are going to be you know like you said hosted bar cash bar are you having a signature drink or not are you doing beer and wine only like what does that look like Um, details also you know is going to be all of that decor but then it's also okay how are you choosing your flowers with your florist and what does it look like as far as your photo schedule goes such as do you want a first look do you want sunset photos do you want a sparkler send off those this process is the longest process in your planning stage because it has so many decisions to make and again break those down and so start with the details of your catering and bar first, because that does take a good chunk of your budget, and then I would even go to then deciding your florals and your cake because again that's going to take a good chunk of your budget. And then potentially going into your centerpieces and other decor that you're going to have throughout the room, because, again, it's going to take a big chunk of your budget. And then the little details such as are you going to do favors? Are you going to get your wedding party gifts? Are you going to do welcome bags for the hotel? Those are all things that are not must haves. It is nice gestures. Um, But if you find that by the time you get to this point that you don't actually have anything left in your budget, then you scrap those things and you move on because um, no one in, that's invited to your wedding day is going to care if they got a koozie or not. Um, and so just really think through in this process how you want to maximize your budget. What truly do you want the overall feel of your wedding day to be? Um, and again, just try to take those details one step at a time.
1: So episode four that we put out is called uh, the wedding day ABCs, and it's all about day of details. So maybe give that one a listen about this time and uh, think about the things to uh, cover. And, and I, I would just throw a couple other things you put in. Um, It's it's a long day, especially on the bridal party side of things. Think about when you're going to eat and and what that's going to look like. It could be a sandwich platter and the, you know, getting ready room or something to that effect. But uh, just start thinking about all of that and what the, uh, like needs to sustain yourself as a human being for the day will <laughs> look like throughout that as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I would say it's when couples get to this stage that if they didn't hire a wedding planner before is when I kind of get some of those phone calls of, in which I just had yesterday for an April 1st wedding. And again, we're on March 3rd here. And so her wedding day is less than a month away. And she's realizing that there are a lot like she's figured out all the details and the vendors and everything, but she's like, how do I execute them? I I have no idea. And I thought that we could handle it, but it's overwhelming me. And there's still a lot of decisions to make. Um, And so don't, don't be afraid that this is going to be that part where you may have your first, second, third, who knows how many freak outs you've had at this point. But this is usually where a lot of couples like, start to get a little bit overwhelmed because there are so many decisions and so many of them are hard to make early on because you don't have enough in line to truly make an educated decision and so those do seem to pile on that four to six months out sometimes even two to four months out Um, and so again try to take it one step at a time if you don't have a coordinator or do look at this point in your planning stages to hire a day of coordinator, month of coordinator, event management type person that can really take all of those ideas and details and start streamlining them for you.
1: Yep, absolutely. And now that we are in the home stretch, what is the final thing?
0: Um, So I find the final stage of your planning process to be setting your day of timeline. Um, No matter if you have a planner or not, every single couple getting married should create a day of timeline. Um, This is the foundation of your wedding day to make sure that all of those plans that you have stressed out about for so long actually come together and it is in a well identified plan of the day that you can hand to your vendors you can hand to your bridal party so that everybody follows the path the same way and your day is executed hopefully in a manner that allows you to be stress-free and enjoy the day
1: yeah absolutely and uh, I'll, i'll take that a step further you you mentioned uh giving everybody what the playbook for the day is like your wedding party and your your parents and family and stuff like that um you know, make sure that you're uh, going hit him over the head with a shovel simple, you know, I, I I like to see the timelines that have stuff like bridesmaids get out of bed and go to place X for hair or makeup or something to that effect. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a wedding planner like you are, but I I definitely plan, you know, events with family and friends and things of that nature. And if there's anything that I've picked up when you're Managing your friend group is just uh, understand that something that quickly makes sense in your head as a planner does not always translate to other people. And a simple PowerPoint slide that you make that's got a map uh, image of every single place you're going, how long it takes to get between them with the timeline listed out on the side for the major events for people like wedding party and and parents and so forth that can uh, do a lot to alleviate questions you're going to get on the day the the, one of the lasting memories I have of my wedding day is we put the schedule out we had it on our uh, probably not page or whatever we had we gave everybody the itinerary but I still got phone calls from half the groomsmen from my parents uh, Misty's parents everybody asking questions that I thought were pretty uh, simple answers and you know, one of the pieces that I missed is that if I wanted, you know, my mom and Misty's mom to know exactly where we're going, just print out a piece of paper and give it to them that has everything on it with the times. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a a planner that we assigned, we definitely did everything on our own. Not sure that I would change that. I just think we could have executed a little bit better. But, (laughs) um, you know, You can never give people too much information about where they're supposed to be. And I would even recommend doing a lot of that for the entire weekend and capture things like the rehearsal dinner and and so forth. But, you know, never communicate too much across this entire process. And I think that's another theme that we've been pretty consistent on.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And our timelines when we create them for the couples have everything that's happening on Friday and everything that's happening on Saturday. And even sometimes we'll include like Sunday brunch or if everybody's Getting picked up from the airport on Thursday, we'll add that. So add as much information as you feel, you know, obviously your wedding party would need. Your vendors don't necessarily need to know what's all happening outside of the wedding day if they're not involved in it. And so you can create two different timelines, but a vendor isn't necessarily going to be upset if you give them the all-encompassing timeline, maybe highlight a few of the features that they need to really standpoint too. and and with that timeline, again, if you're not somebody hiring any kind of day of coordinator, I would try to you know get somebody within your group that's not your parents, not his parents, um, not your bridal party, but somebody that can be in a sense your timeline keeper. Um, because I have heard too many horror stories of, oh my gosh, we totally forgot to do this and we wanted to do that. But in the midst of the wedding day, everything becomes a blur and you move through things so quickly that it is easy to forget things. And so having a plan and you know having somebody that can help you execute it um, is definitely ideal.
1: All right. So to recap the steps, set your budget, set your guest list, pick your date. Pick your bridal party, get your venue and who's going to be your main uh, planner, day of coordinator, set your vendors, handle details, and then do timeline at the very end. Um, So yeah, we're going to be getting into these in uh, significantly uh, more detail. We'll be bringing some guests on that are experts on all the subjects. So be looking for those. Anything else?
0: Nope. Obviously, each day is a little bit different. So there might be ways that you rearrange these eight steps or add in a few extra steps. Um, And that's that's okay. Um, Just take one step at a time. Don't think of your wedding planning journey as this big, huge bowl that you have to look in and dive straight headfirst into Um, pick out one piece of paper from that bowl at a time and focus on that one detail.
1: Yep, absolutely. And that's the key to uh, being prepared, which will cut down on the stress of the day, which is going to make your pictures look good and you just feel good about the day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Some more to come on this. And until then, take care.
0: Cheers and happy wedding planning. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some helpful insight as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Tara with the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast.
1: And I'm Josh. Please make sure to subscribe to our channel and rate and review us if you like what you hear. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services.
0: Visit completewedo.com for more info. Happy wedding planning!